Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Matt in the B-Flats, episode 6. I think, right? It's 6, right? Yep. Uh, <laughs> welcome <laughs> it's been to the a show, long time. everyone. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been a little while since actually we recorded. It's been uh, almost what two and a half, almost three weeks since we recorded uh, our last episode. Of the vacation, yeah, little hiatus. Um, yeah, we were or in DC vacation. actually, me and Brian for a little bit. So it took us a little while to get back into things. But uh, the yeah. uh, the punk rock episode released uh, last week, or that's the the last episode that that was released, and. Uh, I felt pretty good about that. I, I think we we had a lot going. I, I was telling um, uh, a friend of mine earlier that uh, the podcast originally I had planned for the first like five to like five, six, seven episodes are, are were gonna be like our our beta episodes in a sense. Uh, and I feel like this episode right now, I'm hoping is going to be the start of like the the next chapter in Matt and the B flats to. A little bit higher quality everything. Uh, and Matt's we're, getting fired. We're just B-flats from now on. <laughs> Matt's fired. It's just me. I'm, I'm just, everyone's gone. You get to listen to my voice forever. Uh, no, but I, I think it should be uh, a little bit better. We should get crisper audio editing, and I'm going to be releasing uh, uh, the entire show on YouTube as well, too. Currently, the first episode's up online. But we'll have it up, uh, have the other episodes up uh, pretty soon as well, too. If you don't already do it, uh, please, everyone, make sure to subscribe to the iTunes, Google Play, any of the places that you can actually listen to this show. Uh, and definitely make sure to check out the Facebook group and the Facebook page, Matt and the B Flats. Uh, I feel like that's where the bulk of our discussions happen and it's where most of the fun stuff happens. We, oh, I, yeah. I just post random things there whenever I want, you know? But, I mean, uh, I, I'm I kind of do the same thing. <laughs> Just like, hey, yeah, I saw it, this well, <laughs> for real. Well, I have to get more onto that. Um, so or like, hey, I'm thinking about horned intros. Here's what I like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I, to be honest, anytime I find, uh, you know, I, I, if I'm reading anything and I'm like, oh, this is interesting. It's about music. Uh, I'll usually send it uh, up on the Matt and V Flats page and. Uh, we're starting to get a little more activity there. I noticed uh, Moose Lee and uh, who's a Jesse Douglas and a couple other people were were starting yeah. to to get a little more involved on in the page too, which I, I very much appreciate. I really like seeing uh, seeing more people's thoughts on things and just getting other opinions on stuff. It's it's boring if it's just the three of us, you know. <laughs> but um, let's uh, let's go straight to Matt right now. Uh, Matt, are you going to open a, a beer right now? Am I going to hear a clink? Y- yes, you are. And and, right. and and it's actually uh, uh, it's actually appropriate because the beer is actually called Why Laugh When You Can Cry. Um, it's by local brewery Tired Hands, which is pretty renowned. And I, if you can hear it, I'm actually pouring it out for Tom Petty. I'm pouring it out for Tom Petty because we lost him this week, and I'm sad about it. I'm a lot sadder than I ever thought I would be. Yeah, I I can definitely agree with that too. It, it's very odd to well, I think it was to just, hear the news. He was he went before his time, and that was the thing. You know, that was um, yeah. 
at only 66 years old yeah it's just in, i mean just insane you look at um who's left in, in the rolling stones they're all like all of them except for brian jones yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah which is like and like i feel like if you like if you if you die before the stones and like yeah they are like 10 years apart but like i feel like n- no one really did as much drugs as Mick Jagger, and like oh no, Keith Richards, no Keith there's Richards. There's some black no. magic keeping that guy alive. I don't know what's happening. Yeah, I mean like, right and they're still touring and stuff. It's like it's pretty like, sure he's definitely like a lizard uh, in disguise on planet Earth, and oh yeah, <laughs> somehow making it work. Well, see, like I, you remember, like in the the original movie, the original Men in Black, like Tommy Lee Jones made that joke about Elvis dying, like he didn't die, he just went home. Um, yeah. I think Keith Richards' home has kicked him out, and he's just stuck here, yeah. and he's keeping uh, well, the rest great. of the stones alive for the sole <laughs> purpose of giving him something to do. <laughs> yeah, like how but, do how do they not have like? Lung cancer. I I have no idea. Dude, really. no, no. I, I I think at some point they eventually either cut back on, they either quit everything or cut back to a a, a severe degree. But like, Bob Dylan really hasn't stopped. Like, I'm surprised yeah, that man I was can still talk. About this earlier too, it was crazy to me because uh, I, I was saying that Tom Petty was one of the most important artists for me growing up. He, he was one of the artists that was always in like the background of of me. If if my dad or my mom was around, they were listening to music. He was one of those songs that was in just the background while I was playing video games or like I even distinctly remember playing with Legos when I was like seven years old and my dad listening to Tom Petty, uh, like just those random little memories. But the same thing with Bob Dylan, though, too. It's that same mindset where they're just so identifiable with with me growing up, too. Like, so Tom Petty, it, it was one of the first artists that I really felt like just like just my my heart dropped as soon as I, I heard about it. It was just so I couldn't really believe that that an artist that was so close to me and so important to me and someone that I was just so used to always thinking was there uh, is suddenly not there anymore, too. And I, I think the same thing would probably happen if Bob Dylan passed away as well, too. Mm-hmm. Before we go any further into this topic, I feel like we should introduce Brian. Brian Raleigh, how are you, yeah, sir? Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> What's going on? How's life, Brian? What are you listening um, to? Uh, all right, all right. So, what what am I listening to? Um, I, I have a very, very um, odd, not odd, but um, different than my my normal pattern um, this week. So, uh, n- no coincidence, I started getting back into the roots. Um, Billy yeah, represent. Tell me about this. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, uh, um. I was like, you know what? I need to get back into more authentic hip hop, you know, um, stuff that that I like. Uh, and uh, I feel like the fall is definitely a good time for that. I also found a guy, uh, Robert Finley. He uh, he does like uh, blues and soul, um, little similar to uh, to Garrett Clark Jr. If uh, 
if anybody you uh, mm-hmm. know him. I think I yeah. I sent Brian. I sent I sent you a song. Yeah, um, yeah. I saw the song you sent me too. Uh, it's a I really I really like him. Um, and yeah. Um, also, I, I want to give a shout out to my good friend Annalise up in in uh, Theoneanta. Uh, she she gave me a couple of good artists I would like to share real quick if my Twitter would load um, so well uh, she she sent me Chan but I knew Chan um, but I have c- considered the source um, it's an instrumental rock band uh, similar to L1011 probably a little heavier th- th- mm-hmm. than L1011 and um, I also got back into vacations. I don't know if you uh, know who they are, Brian. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I know. I, I know you know who they are. Um, but <laughs> but um, they're they're kind of like a surf rock uh, band. Um, I, I think they do what um, Mac DeMarco tries to do, but just in a better in a better form. Um, nothing gets Mac DeMarco. I, I, you know, <laughs> I, I like them, but uh, I feel like vacations are, uh, they just have more of a style to them. So, yeah, that's. Mm-hmm. Mac DeMarco is one of those artists that I really should. He should be like in my album of the year list every year he releases an album. I just can't. I, I just. There's just something I don't know what the disconnect is. I just miss every time. I don't think he's bad. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. I don't think, I don't think, I, and, and like, I, I mean, I can actually sit there and I've listened to like almost everything the guys put out, and said, you know what, I really like what you're doing, but I still don't like it. Yeah. And, you know, I, I mean, like if I mean, he's one of those dudes that like if he were if he were you know in Philly and said, hey, I'm at this bar, I would go chill and have a drink with Mac DeMarco. Oh yeah, of course. And I would probably get. I mean, I mean, we'd probably end up hating each other because I feel like that's the kind of dude he is. But, but like, <laughs> I feel like he's just one of those. Per- he's one of those people that I- when you're sitting in conversation with him, he's just doing everything he can to just troll you for no reason. <laughs> Yeah, he'd probably um, be an interesting experience as a yeah, human, yeah. Which is it, fun people, I feel like anyone that just their entire persona leaves their like mark on you just by interacting with them in any single way. Just oh yeah, it just makes people fun in some kind. Well, of way. yeah, I mean like, and I have some of my closest, dearest friends that whenever I sit down with them for like an extended period of time and we just talk, I walk away hating that motherfucker for some reason <laughs> and but then you know that won't stop me from just be like every time i'm around him yep we're doing this yeah and yeah. i feel like demarco would be one of those dudes well uh, <laughs> i'll tell you a reason i feel like i don't like him uh not that i don't like him i i have a bad taste for his music because uh i dated a girl one time and um, she would only play him okay that's not DeMarco's well, well, fault well no you, you no, don't no. you do not she would I'm not gonna only sit play here him and let you blame in the car and like it's oh, just really? not music you drive to like I was like I, I, like I'd fall asleep okay, half the okay, time okay okay look, look look Raleigh Raleigh you are too young to start <laughs> doing this 
All right. Don't start blaming artists for girls' poor life choices. Don't do this. I know. So I, I have to. I'll I have to that. give him. <laughs> I want to listen to the strokes, man. Oh, oh no, no more strokes. <laughs> no, the strokes had one good album, and that's it. Eh. Hey, I was saying I, I like their recent EP. Yeah, I'm no, really it is. It is. Uh, it is good. Is it? I liked it. It is. I swear. Is it? I mean, I'm surprised you don't like listen, the strokes at all. I, I, well, I'm like, here's the thing: uh-oh. after after their first album, like I really wanted to like the Strokes, but every subsequent album has revealed what they are, and in a lot of ways, and I'm not going to go into it here because it'll take me way too long to show all my work. They're kind of hacks. Oh come on! They're well, kind of. Here's something I'll say: I do think they have a very very. Uh, a, a lot of their albums are, are, are very similar, uh, and sometimes when a band is like that, it can get a little frustrating to me because I like when there is a very distinct style from album to album. Mm, that's not really what I'm going. It's for, like Mac to Marco. It plays E flat, uh, major seven, ninety percent of the time. Whatever that means, yeah, I don't yeah. know what that means. <laughs> Some letters and numbers, that's what they mean. <laughs> but, I mean, listen, Matt. I, he plays musical battleship, uh, is that what that is? <laughs> I have to say... It's definitely a droid uh, from, from Star Wars. I'm not the biggest fan of Wonderful, Wonderful. Wonderful, Wonderful. Wonderful, Wonderful. Is that yeah, that? the killer. Wonderful, wonderful. The killer's album, yeah. Oh, a wonderful, wonderful. What Moose Lee called, and, um, Moose Lee called a dumpster fire? Yes. Raleigh's learning. No, like I, it. it's just, it, <laughs> for me, the the uh, vocal melodies are just a little too weird. Just just a little too not uh, fluid uh, for me. Yeah. Well, okay. I've told you before, it reminds me a lot of Day and Age, Wonderful, Wonderful. Uh, but it feels like almost a softer day and age in some ways. And and for some of the songs, I think it works really well with Wonderful, Wonderful. Like, I really like Rut, yeah. and, I, and obviously I, I love Run For Cover. And I actually like the, the, the song Wonderful, Wonderful from the album. Uh, but, yeah, there there are some... Also, I really like Tyson. I'm going to just go ahead and say I kind of do like the album. But um, after listing all these songs that I like... Yeah, I mean, I don't, um, I don't, I don't think it's... I feel like they're trying to pull a little like, let's be a little bit more mainstream, and like they just like threw a whole bunch of synthesizers in there, and like, not it's like where is the killers? Yeah, it's, it's not a, as unique guitar. as a style. Yeah, is, is that something you're saying? Uh, yeah, I, I could see. Or that I mean, it, it could just too. be the you know the mix too is 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 just a little cheesy. Yeah, I don't know, uh, but I, I think it's it's pretty good. And uh, I, I did see someone else say they didn't like Battleborn. I forget who it was on the the Facebook group. Oh but, yeah, yeah. There there is uh. some. I and I was uh, honestly I was in that same boat for a very long time where I really did not like. Well, Battleborn. until Battleborn, uh, which is until the, Mesotonic uh, Bomb, previously before Wonderful Wonderful. Uh, I was, well, this is what happens when you do a video game podcast. Battleborns is the title yeah. of a video game. So I'm like, I'm like completely confused. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> We're playing Battleborn now. No, I don't want to um, play that game. Is terrible. I don't want to play that. <laughs> is that um, game a killer's album that I didn't know about? 
Yes. That game coincided with the album. You need to play the whole game through. You, you win, and then you, you unlock the album or something. Please, God, uh, no. <laughs> but no, I, I do think there's a... I, I don't know. The, the, the killers are, are in an interesting spot at, uh, themselves right now, too. Uh, ultimately, no matter what happens, they're going to be known for Mr. Brightside, and they're only really going to be remembered for that one major hit that blew everyone's mind. No, uh, um... I think it will be the song that lasts longer than anything else that they've done. Maybe, I, um, maybe I'm, somebody told me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, somebody told me that was. But I, I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see but, what their exact legacy is. But I, I would agree that I don't think Battleborn or Wonderful Wonderful will be major components of their legacy. Yeah. Well. All right. So, Wonderful. Wonderful has been uh, their most gro- uh, g- grossing album since 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 anything. It's had the most number ones already. It's uh, sold the most copies in the time that it's been out so far since since any other album. You know, in, in the same time period. Um, I'm gonna stop you right there, Raleigh. For I'm them, stop you right there. No, I, 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 no, I, no, I don't think, I don't think I explained that properly for the killers. No, 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 that's fine. That's right. fine. But I so think far, I know he, what Matt's gonna say. But go ahead. How ma- how many times does an artist's best-selling album actually equate to being their best album? Well, no, yeah. I, I, Absolutely, but it just seems. Let's talk about one of the greatest songwriters of all time, Stevie Wonder. His biggest selling album was the album I can't even remember the title of because it had that piece of <laughs> song I just called to say I love you on it, which which is a fucking audio abortion, in my opinion. <laughs> my God. And and this is a guy who did songs in the key of life. <laughs> <laughs> inner visions he had a string of hits for Motown as a teenager that was that was better than stuff he was putting out in the 80s while your point is not wrong I just I would wait for time on that one well you let me finish my point oh, d- oh I'm sorry I apologize if I interrupted that it is probably their worst album, but their most uh, mainstream sounding album so far. Thus, it is. Well, here's what I'll say. Statistically stronger than any album. I don't think it is necessarily. Uh, I wouldn't equate their massive sales numbers to the the album itself being mainstream. I'd equate it more to the killers themselves being mainstream. Uh, for example, Hot Fuss is not uh, it's obviously not going to sell as much as Wonderful Wonderful when it first released, despite it being the more popular album now. I mean, everyone knows the songs from that yep. album. But it's the only album of theirs I will try that, to defend. <laughs> purely because that album, uh, purely because the Killers were not popular enough when that album released. They're not going to sell as many copies. And at, over time, even with Wonderful Wonderful not being uh, quite up to to par with what some people were kind of expecting, or, or the, uh, I mean, it's difficult to, to meet expectations when you're a band like The Killers in any way. Uh, but 
you're just it's just the nature of who they are. they're more popular now they're going to sell more copies it, it doesn't have anything to even do exactly with their content i mean uh, yeah for even me i i try to listen i like i did not decide oh i'm going to listen to wonderful wonderful because it's a great album or something like that i listened to wonderful wonderful because it's from the killers and i wanted to listen to what the killers were making now uh it's the reason why i, I listen to it and i maybe i don't like it as much but I feel like they're at the point where they have enough fans, they're going to do the same thing, and enough random people that are actually going to like it and share it a lot more, that it's just going to be the nature of the album, too, to be the most popular one. Even if it's not it's not deserving technically based on the, the, the content in the album, but based on who the Killers are as a band now, probably is deserving of, yeah. of selling many copies. And they called this um, album, they didn't, but um, in many interviews uh they kind of headline this as like the comeback album because they haven't released anything in you know five and a half years and um i think maybe that's what kind of threw me off too it's like this is not really a strong comeback you know it's you know please tell me please tell me brandon flowers said don't call it a comeback i've been here for years (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's that's the yeah well i mean like he had (laughs) like that that would be so he had a solo album ronnie had a solo album i actually saw him um actually no i was supposed to see him and i i never showed up uh that's another bad date story um terminal five um sweet but yeah (laughs) But for this episode, what we uh, really wanted to talk about, it, it's something I actually mentioned uh, in the uh, the Facebook group earlier too, asking some people, is a politically motivated or, or deliberate political songs throughout American history. And uh, honestly, the, the spawn of this topic for me, the idea just came from me. I, I'm, I'm taking a politics and media course right now at my school. And... Uh, there was a, a pretty big discussion over the last week and a half about uh, the connection between music and war. Uh, and specifically, we really, really focused on the Vietnam War, and then we also focused a little bit on the Iraq War in 2003. I'll uh, be watching and- you. <laughs> um what the fuck? I, I don't know. I have no idea. Brian's just that lost song's his about, mind. Um, no, and, that song's and, and, about... No. And to like, be fair, that's the second brother. Iraq war, but okay. Yeah, well, fair. Uh, well, no. I feel, that's why that I need song's to about which one, man. Which that song's was? about uh, big, big Brother watching you. No, it's I'll not. Are we, are we talking about the police? Is that what we're talking no, about? No, no, no. The remix... Um, by Notorious B.I.G. Like, and Puff Daddy. No, and, no, by like the Black Eyed Peas. Oh, fuck them. Don't I know, <laughs> I know, I know. You know, you know what, stop, happened? stop. I have okay, no idea okay like. listeners, listeners, yes, we are going to be talking about protest songs. But before we go any further, I have some 
I got to say because I didn't talk about what I've been listening to. Um, the Black Eyed Peas. Yeah, go ahead. Let, let, let's do that really quick. I've quickly. not been go listening ahead. to Black Eyed Peas, Raleigh. You shut up. <laughs> um, I also want to say we forgot about another musician's death, um, Charles Bradley, who released his debut album at the ripe, ripe young age of 63 <laughs> um he's actually a pretty he's i mean despite waiting that long to do anything in music uh he was on the daptone label that was uh i think it was started by sharon jones and the dap kings um i think don't quote me on that if you if i'm wrong i'm sorry but I'm he had he, he had three solid 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 uh blues soulish R&B-ish no. blues albums, very much in the vein of like a Lloyd Bridges or, you know, uh, the fact that white people think Amy Winehouse had soul, you know, better than that. Um, so is he just like a modern Otis Redding? It's very difficult to say modern Otis Redding I when mean, he's, uh, what, seven yeah, years old himself. Like, I would, I would, I would actually, that, that would actually make sense. Um, it, he did kind of what R.L. Burnside did in the 90s where he... Like some industrial musicians like heard his music and said, "Hey, we'd like to record with you." And he's like, he was like seventy two at the time. He's like, "Okay, I got nothing going on," and oh, he recorded a couple of albums and and then you know Charles Bradley lost his life at sixty eight to cancer, yeah. uh, which sucks because um, his album from twenty sixteen, I am blanking on the title. Uh, was was phenomenal and um it, it didn't make my top 20 but because it didn't make my top 20 that doesn't matter it doesn't change the fact that that album was fucking great um also i've been listening to explosions in the sky again oh yeah um i have their album from last year which like charles bradley's was criminally absent from my t top 20 of 2016 <laughs> Um, but I also listened to the album that introduced me to them, which was 2007's All of a Sudden I Miss Everyone. Um, that band is that band is good. Um, if you're into if you like Godspeed, you Black Emperor, check out Explosions in the Sky. They're more melodic, more compositional, and less. Um, they're less. They're less. They're less. They're less political. But Godspeed You Black Emperor, all their stuff is instrumental anyway, and the only politics is sort of in their like album covers and liner notes. And yeah. if you go on their website, it gets a bit weird. But um, well, I feel like in Explosion in the Sky, there's almost this weird optimism in their style, if that makes any sense. Like, and specifically, I, I'm really just referencing their album, "The Earth is Not a Cold Dark Place." Or it's not, not a cold, cold dead place. place, which is my favorite yeah. album by them. Yeah, um, um, and I like, and that's, and, and it, oddly enough, like that particular album was recorded in response to their debut full length, which was called "Those Who Tell the Truth." will die and those will tell the truth who will live forever. It was kind of a pompous, obnoxious title. But <laughs> but I think the the absolute, you know, coldness of post rock is just inherent in the style. And I think that's because um there hasn't been a, a post rock album in my recollection that has been produced with uh, warm tones. Yeah. 
most of them mm. are, most of them are very are very cold and austere and one of the reasons i like explosions in the sky is they push as far as, as, as they push the hardest against that they try and be melodic and um they try and get as close to warm without actually getting above freezing. Um, yeah. And and it's it's one of the. I mean, I I think that that aspect of their music is why they've been tapped to do so many soundtracks. Um, they did the soundtrack for the movie Friday Night Lights. They, I think they did the soundtrack for the war movie Lone Survivor from like the mid 2000s. Well, I think there's a certain amount of versatility with the, the type of, you know, for any, I think, instrumental band, uh, pairing that up with certain content can always invoke different feelings as well, too. And I, I think with them, too, they, they're neutral enough in some ways, but then have certain, like, uh, like emotional, you know, tugs at your heart in some type yeah. of way, in specific songs that gives them that opportunity to be perfect for soundtracks. Yeah, uh, like well, I mean, and I think, but the one thing I sort of like post rock sort of began with the idea of artists doing soundtracks to films that were never made, and while that's a that's a novel and very twee sort of mission statement, I think. If you walk into a label and say that, they're going to laugh at you. And if you walk <laughs> up to a music critic and say that, they're going to be like, well, what kind of movie would it be? And then the minute you get into that discussion, all of a sudden a music critic is coloring expectations and they're just going to they're just going to assume that every song on said piece is going to fit that concept, which is which is a, a terrible trap for a critic to fall into. Yeah. And that's speaking as someone who used to do that. <laughs> uh, one thing, one like outside of music, outside of video games, outside of art. Um, one of the things I'm always sort of a fan of is like weird folklore. And mm-hmm. w- among the weird folklore is, uh, is uh, something called a will of the wisp which is like a light in the distance that seems to be leading you somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like nothing embodies that concept like post-rock. I I just want to say the only reason I know what Will of the Wisp is is because of, I think, Fable 1 and Fable 2 on the original Xbox. (laughs) Pretty sure there's like a sword or something in that game or a spell called that. Probably. Just a um, random side note to what you're talking about. Ironically, how I originally learned that is when I was in high school, I played Magic the Gathering, <laughs> and there yeah. was a card called Will the Wisp. It was actually a uh, oh well, it's stupid. Um, so somewhat similar uh, or yeah, origins for, to our dumb nerdy stuff. It's great, uh, but like you know, Miles Davis has a great song called Will the Wisp. Yes, he but does. I feel like. I feel like um, there's a there's a song on all of a sudden I miss everyone. Uh, called I, I think it's called it's natural to be afraid where it gets like super quiet and you get this like mournful guitar that's very that's probably What's the artist again it's expl- it's explosions in the sky oh, okay. um it's their album all of a sudden I miss everyone I think the song is called it's natural to be afraid 
Yeah. And there's this there are these points in the song where it gets quiet and there's this warm ass mournful guitar um that just sort of drifts along the frets and slurs notes and whatnot. And it's almost like the saddest will o' the wisp in in history. But it feels like it it feels like it's it's one of those notes that in my head always conjures like I wish I saw something in the distance right now I would follow it and listen to that music. Um, yeah. But yeah, explosions well, in the sky are fucking cool. Yeah, <laughs> you make a good point, man. It's um, I I also like explosions in the sky um, for the for the fact that I feel like. Right when you have a song, whether it be instrumental or 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 not, um, there's a there's a tone of, of the song, right? It's 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 mm-hmm. loud, it's fast, um, or you know, it's it's slow and probably a, 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 a little bit more melodic, right? Explosions yeah. in, in the sky, um, I feel own up to their name like they 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 explode there's there's songs Mm -hmm. that that start off slow you know and then by the end of it you're rocking out and um to it that that brings you more on an emotional journey i feel like um then or it could be one of the most overused words in criticism visceral yeah I mean, like, 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 visceral is is a is a is a is a rote way to describe their music, but that doesn't make it less appropriate. Yeah. So they continue. No, no, so I was just say it's 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 very hard uh, from a musician's standpoint to take a step back and say, all right, how can we how can we make this song better? How you know? And and I I I think that they have a talent in themselves to be able to say, well, let's not make it all one type of song. Let's make this song more of a journey and, and an experience rather than, you know, uh, we're going to come in at, you know, 120 BPMs and keep that the entire song. Um, it's uh it's 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 more exciting it makes you feel like the music is uh more alive yeah agreed (laughs) pretty cool agreed completely and then also just to sort of round out i've listened to the new lcd sound system album that album's great Mm -hmm. um and uh the new i think i don't remember if the war on drugs album had come out before the last show but i listened to that you did mention it actually on the last show. Yeah, I, was, I, I mean, I'm still listening sure. to it because that that <laughs> album's fucking good. good. Um, yeah. Grizzly Bear. I listened to it a little bit good. as well. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I did like it a lot. I feel like it is in that it's the uh, it's got this this classic rock feel, but now and it's just it, it's fun to it's just cool to see something like that. And then uh, um, Mount and then um, Mount Kimby. Uh, his album came out. He's a he's like a, I guess he's a pseudo electronic artist. Came out a few weeks ago. I actually mentioned uh, another electronic artist, uh, Boards of Canada. Oh, don't even right? talk to me about oh. Boards. We could do a whole show on Boards of Canada. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but I, I've actually been really into them uh, lately. In fact, a lot of times uh, I'll I 
play hockey uh, very, very, very often. And uh, they've become my music of choice when I'm just skating around, not really doing anything serious, and just kind of like relaxing. Oh, yeah. In like a very, very, uh, you know, you know, not intense environment. And their their music is perfect for that, especially like songs like Roy G. Biv. I think I'm and saying right, it right, sir. Yep, you are. Uh, well, Roy G. Just, Biv. That all all they're re- they're actually referencing the science concept, uh, which is the they're referencing all yes. the colors in the. Uh, that is, is it. it? I swear spectrum? to God, I was going to ask you about this because I it's swear red, orange, heard... yellow, green, blue, yes. indigo, yes, violet. That is it. Amazing, yes. I swear to God, I was staring at the name of this song for so long, Mm -hmm. trying to figure out what Roy G. Biv is and why I recognize it, and that's where it's from. It's because I took a an astronomy class the like a semester ago. Realize that that Roy G. Biv. I knew that's the only like thing Roy G. Biv. I knew it was there. I just didn't remember where I knew. I mean, hey, I don't know what Michael Biven's father's name is, but it could be Roy G. Biv. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know where Bell Biv DeVoe came from. Roy G. Biv's the but (laughs) the only point in life that you use like the color spectrum for. Yeah. I know. I know what (laughs) it is. I just couldn't put my like it it took me a little bit, but no, I, I get it. Boards of Canada even has a protest song on that album. <laughs> really? That I did not know that. That band, I wish, those two Scottish guys, I wish they would release an album every year, but then again, I realize if they were to do something that prolific, it would ruin their music. Um, yeah, yeah. They released, I think you need to give them They released an album, I think, in either 2004 or 2005 called The Campfire Head Phase. And they didn't release another album till 2013. And the the album they released in 2013, I think it was called. I don't know. It's it's, it's something. It's <laughs> it's, it's, so, it's something, but it has harvest in the title. Yeah. Um, and it was such a departure from the three albums they had done before, but. It was like an artist taking a chance and at every turn coming up. At every turn, everything came up Millhouse because <laughs> that that album, God, I wish I could remember the title because it's been four years and I'm already drunk. Um, that album was such I'm like it was such a part of like my routine that every note on it has become almost innate even though I never memorized the song titles I never memorized well, see, I can't even remember that. the name of the I album think I can extreme like I'm almost in the exact same boat where you are with Boards of Canada I think is probably exactly where I'm at with L1011, where I'm in that same mode where I've listened to every song that they've Uh ever released. Uh, I've played them in the background of everything I've ever done at some point in my life. Uh, And it's crazy to me. There are, like, there's just... I, I probably only know, like, maybe the titles of a quarter of their songs, but I recognize every single one. Yeah, but, it, but if you hear it 
on like Spotify or someone plays it, you're like, oh, know that. I will hum no along with it just to prove it. Yeah. <laughs> But I don't know the name of the name of the, the actual songs very often too. But it is yeah. it's yeah. You don't need to. It's just I feel like I'm the total opposite. I just know that like I see them once and I just reference them to the song and I'm just like, Oh, damn, all right. Raleigh's the ring man. Congratulations. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's just like like it, I don't it know. Just it's just I never sticks with me. I'd never even think well for a lot of L ten eleven I'll say as well too, is I never actually even thought to look like I was Tomorrow's Harvest. Yeah, you That's what it's called. God damn it, man. Oh, it's such a good yeah. <laughs> Jesus, what are we harvesting? No, that's the Boards um, of Canada album that I couldn't remember. <laughs> But no, I, I think with Elton Eleven, I never had to think about what the titles were. I would just play them, and like it was almost like I know the albums all by name, mm-hmm. uh, and I know I could tell you immediately well, which album a song is from, but I couldn't tell you specifically what song is what. Uh, you know what? There, there's one artist that I'm or, or band that I, I'm like this with um, and I it's very sad to admit it because they're one of my favorite is a uh, quartet called Bad Bad Not Good oh fuck they're yes Rob out of Canada yes um, Matt it. you sound like you're getting excited with the bands uh, that we're bringing up this week I love that album <laughs> I, I, I love Ghostface and I love IV yeah or is it called four? yeah I, I don't know I don't, but four b- it's four both of those but albums are so goddamn good oh. you know uh <laughs> time moves slow uh, uh, all four yeah time i have i have yo dude there, oh my god that song i'm gonna name this episode matt gets happy <laughs> there's there's a record club i'm in matt is around w- <laughs> yeah, you don't even know um my dick could play a record right now um no, Jesus. <laughs> if uh, there's this record club I'm in called Vinyl Me Please, and one of their records of the month was um, Bad Bad Not Goods Four, and yeah. the, when they announced it, I'm like, yes, I can't wait to get this. And it was like a beautiful purple translucent vinyl. Um, the artwork that came with it was amazing. The drink that came with it, hmm, let me tell you. Um, wait, but what yeah, came with it? The, well, you Vinyl Me Please is a is a record club, and you pay like. Um, you pay twenty seven a month. Don't advertise uh, them too much. We're not getting sponsored by them yet. That's, I mean, hopefully one day. <laughs> um, but you pay like twenty something a month, and they send you a limited edition album of their choosing. It's not you can't just pick what you want. Yeah, I, um, I kind of like stuff like that though. But too, like, so if you had, if page. if you're if you're okay with getting something that you might not like for twenty for twenty between twenty and thirty dollars a month. Try it out, um, but they also send you a limited. They they also send you a, a piece of art uh, that is the size of a record cover, as well as a drink recipe. Mm. Uh, and said drink recipe should be drank while listening to the album. Like that. I sort like of, it. I really that's, like that. That's, oh, that's sort cool. of that's, that's sort cool. of their spiel. And um, they also have a store that opens up every month with limited edition vinyl pressings. And whatnot, um, like that's where I get. Where? Uh, it's vinyl me, please. Uh, no, but no, but no, but where is the store in Philly? No, no, no. It's it's a web store. It's an online store. Yeah, yeah. They, oh, they send it to you. Um, so like I that's where I got like my I, I got a limited edition reissue on the War on Drugs second album as well as their newest. Um, 
I got um, one of their albums of the month was fucking Nina Simone. Uh, oh, that's pretty cool. Their most recent one was Notorious B.I.G.'s "Ready to Drop," "Ready to Die" on Red and White Splatter Vinyl. Do you feel there's a specific style, uh, or is it always just kind of random albums in some sense? Well, like, is, they, is there any rhyme or r- rhythm to what they send out to people? There's, or is there... there's n- well, they always announce it sort of like the month before, so you sort of know what you're getting. Um, like, and usually if it's a new album, I try not to listen to it till I get the record. Yeah. Um, like this, the next month is Moses Sumney's newest album. Um, which has been uh, reviewed uh, highly well. Uh, I think it came out two weeks ago, but their their album of the month is is that, and so I'm yeah. not going to actually listen to it until I get it. Um, they did <laughs> they did a they did a, a limited edition remaster of Ready or of um, the score by the Fugees at one point. Um. They had Father John Misty's second album as their album of the month. Uh, they tend to stick to they tend to stick to a lot that's not in the popular spectrum. Um, if you've ever heard of the artist Torres, uh, her, no, I can't say her her last album Sprinter. It was reviewed okay, uh, but. But they made it an album of the month, so I got it and listened to it, and I was like, okay, I based on what I'd read about this album versus listening to it, um, just doesn't match up, or do it? You, it well, it didn't match up, but at the same time, like I was glad I listened to it. Um, yeah. One of my favorite albums of last year was uh, this artist called Lapsley. Um, I don't remember the name of I don't remember the title, but it was her debut album and if I had like I can honestly say if someone had told me what this artist was prior to me hearing the album I would have walked in uh, wanting to hate it because um, it was the way she spelled her the way she spells her name is L-A-P as in Paul S as in Sam L-E-Y but the A has one of those circles over it like in Swedish yeah yeah so you're and thinking was that like a so, turn off to you so well no but so you're thinking it's a Swedish indie pop artist and that She's itself style. that itself creates an expectation yeah something along the lines of uh, Acid House Kings uh maybe Jens Lechman to a degree but hmm. then you you read about her she's from London um, of non-Scandinavian descent so she just co-opted <laughs> that shit which is an even more terrible thing um, <laughs> but then you know you hear these songs and like I'm not gonna sit here and say they belong you know, in the pantheon of albums of 2016 or whatever. Um, it was impressive to say the least. And yeah. well, well, I think what's interesting though, too, is the, uh, the accessibility of albums that you don't necessarily, uh, you, you wouldn't necessarily know about or buy unless 
I think now we live in an age where it's easier to get uh, more attention to smaller albums mm-hmm. than yeah. there was in the past. Yeah. 40, 40 million songs on, you know, yeah. 5.5 so, inches of glass. I'm going to try and do this weird little segue into our actual topic right now. Do it, uh, because I'll just keep going. <laughs> well, I, uh, I I mentioned earlier in the show, uh, I had been taking, uh, in one of my classes, we've been discussing a lot of political uh, connections between songs and and uh, and war specifically. But uh, one song specifically that was uh, very uh, fun and interesting to really learn about a little bit more was uh, Neil Young, or... or uh, I feel. Why can't I remember the name? Rocking uh, in the free world. No, uh, Ohio. But what's uh, Neil? Uh, it's Crosby, Stills, Nash. Crosby, Stills, and Young. Nash, and Young. Yeah, that's it. Boom. Um, but uh, that song specifically uh, with Ohio is uh, it was not played on AM radio stations. I don't know if you know this. It was banned from AM radio stations almost entirely. And it was only played Why? on very select FM radio stations, only in colleges or around college campuses, and in like a very very progressive cities. Why? Uh, and why was that? It's because it is a abject like assault on the uh, Nixon administration and the current political landscape. In fact. There was a, I forget who it was, but a, uh, a well-known music critic at the time considered, he said, quote, uh, Neil Young using the term, uh, directly referencing Nixon, uh, for reference, in Ohio, the, uh, the opening line of it is, uh, Tin Soldiers are coming, uh, or, and Tin Soldiers and Nixon's coming. Uh, he directly references Nixon in, in the song and, uh, and a political uh, and music critic uh, claimed it was the boldest move in music ever to do, which is a bold statement in itself, but to give you an idea of how polarizing it was, uh, because I don't know if you know the the exact story of Ohio and and where it comes from, but... Kent State! uh, Kent State shootings in the early 70s, or was it the late 60s? No, I think it was the early 70s. It was, it was like uh, somewhere between 68 and 72. That was a real f- up time. <laughs> <laughs> but so these, uh, the Kent State shootings, uh, four students were shot during a protest by uh, federal, uh, who was it? Just uh, uh, Police, that's who it federal, was. Yeah, essentially. And... Uh, it, the the controversy surrounding that was so extensive, uh, and, and a lot of people. I mean, it's part of what created even more contempt for for Nixon and the current political landscape that was going on there. Uh, but once uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young released that song, Ohio, and made such a direct commentary on it, while also making a really really good song. Like I don't even care. The words could be totally different. Like it could. Uh, be set up differently. It just uh, it just feels cool that opening intro or 
Uh, it's it's a, it, like, it is a good song. It, it just really gets is. you into it. You know what I mean? It's just, I, I feel passionate about what he could be like. My Little Pony is amazing in like the next line, but that intro gets me excited for it. Like uh, I, I'll never forget when I first like became aware that I was listening to that song. I was like, man, I fucking hate Neil Young. But then I heard that song. I'm like, oh, this song is great. Well, that's Crosby, Sills, Nash, and Young. Guess who Young is? I'm like, I hate Neil Young, but this is good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, but. It's uh, really, really interesting, though, how heavily it was restricted in the 70s uh, and even for a pretty large chunk of the 80s as well, too. It wasn't until the mid to late 80s that it was even starting to get, you know, back into like the public sphere. And it's not until the 90s that it becomes like a major hit that everyone's listening to all the time. Yeah. You know, 20 years after what it's trying to address, it finally is given the, uh, the media attention that they wanted when it first released. Uh, but how easily it was suppressed and almost it was treated like it didn't exist for years. Yeah. Uh, unless you had a friend that knew about the album and was like, hey, you need to listen to this one song. Like, it talks about exactly what the world is going through or what America's going through right now. And for all and those kids that might be listening to this show today, what that actually means is that's the equivalent is, I guess, internet message boards. <laughs> because we yeah. didn't have those prior to like 1997. Yeah, I, so, I can't. Uh, nah, that that wouldn't work in my brain. I I, I can't. I can't live without some digital type of age. Um, but no, it's just. Yeah. It, it really is amazing to see uh, the difference in songs and uh, with the Vietnam War specifically. Uh, what I was mentioning before with the two specific songs that I really enjoy that that have pretty deliberate and by pretty very 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 deliberate political commentary. Uh, for me, our, our fortunate son, an American idiot. Both of them make comments on wars, and both of them do it in very different ways at very different times. Uh, and to be honest, in, in some ways, I like the the political style of American idiot more than I do that of fortunate son. But I want to ask you guys: Do you have any specific uh, political songs or, or deliberate political songs that? you think were really cool or just interesting in any way uh why don't you answer how about brian what do you, Ra- what do you raleigh think? you go first well i mean talk a while. correct me if i'm wrong but i mean the the whole beginning of hip-hop itself was suppressed and a lot of it uh talked about uh the struggle that they went through um because of the government, you know, because yeah, because well, of just wealth inequality and stuff yeah, in, in America, and yeah, and the commentary and associated with that, how unfair it was, and the and the lifestyle that that they had to live in because of uh, these government programs um, that you know were meant to be good, but turned out really not to be so good. Um, well, they were meant to be good if your skin tone was above beige on the color yeah. spectrum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And essentially, if, if, if but, you were not above beige, they tended to slope away rather sharply. Yeah, um, which is just incredibly sad. But again, it's always, I think maybe it was episode one or two where I mentioned the, uh, I, I don't remember the exact quote. I wish I did, but uh, in, in Dark 
times it's uh, the art that gives light or, or sheds light on, on the world. And I think uh, with hip-hop, a lot of the origin comes from really, really tough times. Yeah. And show, uh, shedding light through art, through an artistic medium on what this, uh, you know, the, the things that people are going through right yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, you know... It, it, on hip-hop, I'm, I'm sorry, but on hip-hop, you mind if I interject real quick? Sure, and then yeah, And yeah. then Ravi can continue? No, 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 yeah, what's up? Um, well, I feel like, I feel like hip hop, well, there was, when I was at mixdown.com, um, my first year there was 2005 and it was when sort of dance rock made this weird return to being relevant. Um, a buddy of mine who wrote the album of the year, who he, he basically wrote the copy of the album of the year list and he basically described each album and whatnot. One of the things he said in his intro to that was in times where you are, you are stressed out or confused or completely disillusioned by the world around you. One of the only, one of the many releases you have, but one of the only that is positive is, is dance. And I feel like hip hop was that yeah yeah i mean and i'm talking about early hip-hop i'm not not talking about you guys are clearly referencing no no yeah i I understand you 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 guys are clearly referencing like the early to mid 80s of hip-hop where all that stuff started to come to light in song yeah and 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 be on record um and it was the devil's music quote unquote no 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 no. i don't want to i don't want to say that because fuck that idea um But But it's interesting that it was uh, given that type of uh, that type of title and and what people were. uh, Yeah, but like before before a single or an album was really recorded, there were factions of New York uh, that were basically that were basically drawn out. And there were like unwritten rules. You don't really like no one person can mess with another person's territory and those territories were spread out by like DJs uh, Cool Herc and, and Grandmaster really, Flash being the two biggest it really begins in the Bronx as well too that that is ground zero of hip hop yeah and like I don't know which I don't know which was which but like there is a uh, a specific record store in the Bronx I forget the name of it off the top of my head but it is what many people consider the origin of hip hop. This one specific record store, because a lot of times there would be uh, young artists that would go there, and that's where they would start to eat, not only just perform for the first time in front of crowds, but they would also record for the first time there as yeah, well too. Yeah, like, and, and um, there's a the Netflix series, uh, The Get Down, season one. It 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 starts to it starts to get real stupid about three episodes in for me. But like the first two episodes are actually there's there's some poignancy that it, that is uh, that is really interesting relative to the history of it. But um, like it it started as a, a way for black youth to go have a party and. Yeah. Now, well, were there an were the, outlet from oppression in a well, lot of ways, right? I don't. That's I mean, I don't. 
I'm not gonna say oppression because I didn't live I didn't live that life, so I can't really comment. Yeah. I don't know, I don't I don't know how oppressed they were, but I'm not gonna say they weren't. I'm not cra- mm-hmm. I'm not that crass. But it's some place where they can go and and just be kind of free for a while. And you know, and there there was a lot of good that came out of that as um hip hop is still happening now and there was a lot of bad because of course well, where people congregate there's going to be shitty people as well. Yeah, um, yeah. And I also think just that the the shitty people too in, in pretty much any group of anyone ever yep. uh, can very quickly become the defining uh, or what defines that group, which is uh, this is an, an entire uh, uh, genre of study that I actually have done in school myself. <laughs> uh, it's called politics of representation and just the idea that uh, one person can represent an entire minority, which is a, a pretty wild concept in itself. But um, Brian, what else do you think of uh, of politically motivated songs and uh is there anything specific, uh, not just through hip hop as well too, but uh, out, outside of hip hop itself? Um, uh, I, I yeah, feel like it's very so, easy to look um, at. Oh, how how can I be uh, so uh, so dominant? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, so Billy Holiday, um, a famous famous jazz singer. Um, wrote a couple of songs um about uh blacks being oppressed in the south um <laughs> one of them I, I think it's called lynch day or something or or like hanging down by the swamp and um uh, if you're talking about strange fruit yeah 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 oh and um that is uh that's a that's a graphic song. Um, yeah, it, that is a cra- kind of crazy too. That is to one of the about. greatest written songs of all time. <laughs> that is that is like, and it is yeah. fucking. Well, I think scary. it's important a lot of times too <laughs> yeah. for any political song to be that way in order to have any true like significant outstanding. I think if you want to be a political song, you're going to want to get attention, especially if you're going to be a deliberate political song. And uh, Ohio's an example of this where uh, Neil Young directly calls yeah, out, and uh, uh, Nixon in the song. You but see, want to here's be the, here's the thing. And in this song, here's the thing. The, the beauty of this song is nothing is demonized. Yeah, it is. It's just, it is straight. It's just is, regarded. And the f***ing horror of it. Yeah. Like, and, you know, you're talking about a time. shivers now. It's crazy. You know, you, you, you're talking about a time that, you know, in, in the South, uh, no one really lived there. So th- this was like the what the video camera was or the 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 um just the camera was in in the civil rights movement it was it it, it was that tool for people in the 20s uh, to to say wow this is this is this is this is really happening in america Mm -hmm. and um because i mean there was really really no like that analogy of of music being the quote unquote like hand uh, the, like the the smartphone camera uh, of the pre smartphone age the the viral videos yeah 
of the pre-smartphone age came not through actual videos itself, but more so through music and and, and art. And, uh, and newspapers, believe it or not. Yeah, yeah, when newspapers used to be a thing that was important in the world, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and just to... Just, while Raleigh is not incorrect, um, the song was actually written yeah. by Abel Mirapol. Yeah, she did. Um, and it was performed in 1939, which this was at a time where uh, World War Two <laughs> was raging. And, <laughs> and forty nine. Oh, really? That was the thing. Or, no, 39. 39. The, the World War Two ended in 45. Yeah. And I yeah. believe U.S. didn't enter it till 42. Yeah. So this is three years before the U.S. entered it. But at the same time, the Ku Klux Klan um, was still a, a major presence yeah. so, in the South. And this shit happened. So let me read to you. I'll only read the first yeah. four lines. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> Southern trees, heavy Raleigh. Southern trees bear strange fruit. Blood on the oh, leaves, God. blood at the root. Black bodies oh, swing so in the southern breeze. Strange fruit hanging from the polar trees. Oh, uh, yeah, from the polar trees. How about how about that for? For oh, that, it's just it, incredible to to that hear Im- that imagery. Is a the, the imagery, but just the the idea of of needing to say the imagery. You know yeah. what I mean? The the uh, idea of actually, in some ways, which uh, obviously a huge chunk of the South had to deal with, it was actually witness this type of stuff, and uh, it, it's crazy to how music can influence change in some ways too even if it's a small uh small blip on the entire radar of of what creates change it's these little things that acknowledge the things that are wrong or the things that need to be changed in in the world and or the things that the artist thinks thinks needs to be changed in the world and how that signifies both where the world is at at the time but also the direction the artist wants to push the world toward more. Uh, and I, I think it just happens again and again. This is the nature of art itself. It's the nature of, of music. It's the nature of uh, any politically motivated uh, piece of work that's ever existed, ever. Uh, and and I, I think it I just, shows I, up again and again. The fact that, Ra- I mean... Raleigh, I, I'm, I, not to be weird or anything, but I just fell in love with you for bringing this song. Up. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I mean, is, I mean, like, I, I, like, it's. I will say this: "Strange Fruit" is not one. It's if you were to ask me my twenty favorite songs, "Strange Fruit" by by Billie Holiday doesn't come anywhere near that because I don't want to listen. to Yeah, it. no, I mean. But at the same yeah, time, it's not this you're is, listen to the car and be this, like, ah, it's my favorite song. This no. is one of the greatest songs yeah. ever. I mean, pastoral scene ever <laughs> of the gallant South, the bulging eyes and the twisted mouth, scent of magnolias, sweet and fresh, the sudden smell of burning flesh. Like this like, is how do you, like, how do you, and this is 
it's it's great we're bringing this up at a time where people want to remember the confederacy <laughs> like this is what yeah, they stood it's for it's so insane like, i mean just, what the fuck are you talking about we need to remember <laughs> the confederacy no them yeah. they did this it, it's just <laughs> mind blowing to me to to look at well here's another point i'd like to bring up too is the the songs that will bring up very explicitly these political uh, ideas and, and just these politically motivated uh, ideologies. Uh, and then people with opposing ideologies will still listen to and promote the song. And the best, best, best example of this is with Bruce Springsteen. And I believe it was, was it Richard Nixon or Ronald Reagan? It was Ronald Reagan. With- Born in the USA with the most anti-Vietnam War song or just, it's mind-blowing to me. It was like, I'm born in the USA and it's talking about the downtrodden lives of Vietnam vets. Yeah, and it's incredible. born in the USA. Absolutely incredible. Just the ignorance of of the president of the United States at the time. To not acknowledge the actual song's lyrics or what it meant, and just heard those lines "Born in the USA" in that upbeat song, and just think, "Oh, this is a great song, and it loves America." That just speaks to Nixon himself, and it, I think it speaks to a, a lot of uh, of conservative people at the time, and even today, I feel like I've heard very conservative people listen to "Born in the USA" and not get it. They don't understand. Oh, no, they don't. They it's don't. It's incredible. I, I just, I, it's like, you don't, it, it's very easy to find lyrics now. Yes. Uh, you yeah. know, you just type the name yeah. of the song in and you can see exactly like, honestly, what Honestly, you type is. a song's name. If the, if the first thing that comes up isn't said song's name with lyrics following it, that means the song has <laughs> yeah. been released way too recently as in it was released that day <laughs> yeah. and no one's had um, a chance to create it online yet. But it's, it's incredible too, because I think there's a lot of opportunities because I, I will give people credit. There's a lot of opportunities where songs are released and they're a little more vague and there's room for interpretation for what does this mean what does that mean and can be used for different and, and can be interpreted for different political uh, beliefs and, and whatnot but for a song like Born in the USA or for a song like Fortunate Son by Creedence Clearwater Revival <laughs> trying to be used like, by Mitt Romney <laughs> <laughs> or for a song like Ohio by Crossy Stills Na- uh, Nash and Young these yeah, are watch. LeBron that, James is going to run for president in like 30 years and is going to be Ohio <laughs> as his song. <laughs> but these are things that are, are deliberate, and I think it's important for every single person to recognize the uh, – there, there's a, a term called auteur, auteurism. I don't know if you – Auteurism. You're, you're, no, before, it's – yeah. The, but, the auteur theory, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Pre- it's prevalent in film. But yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Very much prevalent in film, but I'm gonna use, I'm gonna steal it right now and bring it over to music for a second. Uh, the auteurism of music itself and songs themselves, and when you hear an artist explaining what a song means, that is what the song means. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, well, unless it's really stupid, unless it's really stupid. Well, like. I mean, like if two live crew stepped up and said "Band in the USA" was about literacy, I I feel like we could call them on, we could call bullshit on that. But they didn't do that, thank God. I mean, <laughs> being a being an an artist today is it's it's like 
let's just like try and make a hit and and most times I'll, I'll, I'll tell you there there's not too much meaning behind a lot of these songs so um I, you yeah. know that you know that that that's good and bad i mean it 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 kind of creates a great divide between like music that is just there for fluffy stuff and you know to to get plays Taylor Swift. yeah and then <laughs> yeah. there's music that challenges you to think and maybe it's not political but um you know or maybe well, it is i will but. say though too no matter no matter your uh exact intentions too the the construction of any piece of art as much as people will try, and I, I think everyone will try, especially this is almost a, a slight segue into journalism of trying to be unbiased and not letting your political background and, and your your just background as a person influence exactly what you say. The same thing kind of happens in the construction of art, music, film, anything like that, where it, you can avoid it as much as you can, but in some ways your political... Yeah, of course like ingrainment will have to it just has to uh guide how you create content in some type of way like even if it's something as basic as falling in love with a girl and getting married to her that's still something that dream is girl? Uh, ingrained in western okay. culture yeah <laughs> dream girl for example <laughs> fell in love once and almost song. completely <laughs> wrong song man so, uh, what, what? Um, <laughs> it's still kind of comes from that place even if it, it even if you don't want it to you have to your experience as a human influences your song and your experience as a human is going to yeah. have some type and of political uh, what, you know what really worries me and I don't I don't know why well I know why but I don't want to sound too old when I say this cuz I'm not but but <laughs> I'll, I'll what the f- and I'm sure Matt feels this way, you know, you talk to younger people and they're just like, oh yeah, like that song is like, it's good. And they're like, all right, like, wh- what do you think it means? And it's like, yeah, like he's in his bends with, you know, his hoes. Ha ha. Like, like there's, there's more meaning be, be behind the music and, and. Uh, it's it almost disheartens me to see people not yeah even like searching for how do you how, how do you themselves. how do you not think how do you not take this work of art and say wow like you know I really you know this this affects me in a certain way and um, I don't know how how that maybe genetically just dropped off yeah. a whole generation or something but but i mean it's 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 weird it's real weird um and yeah you see a lot of people like latch on to a song without having any clue and 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 sometimes it's just they're they're just criminally ignorant yeah, I mean, and I honestly, it just it, it's one thing to be ignorant, but it's one thing to be deliberately ignorant as well too. Where I think some people don't want to think that a song might have a meaning. Like, there's a lot of people that love the song "Fortunate Son," 
but they don't want to think about the they don't want to think about what song. it means yeah like it's a good song and like, see this is actually something that I'll, I'll get an argument with my parents about sometimes too where uh, well they'll, they'll often say I don't want to think about the the meaning of the song I just want to listen to the song and sometimes I'll like say hey this song's about this it's kind of crazy and they'll be like why you have to do this to all these songs you're ruining all yeah, my music it's like uh, we I'm, listen to music because of the meaning of the song and whether it's the meaning that it was intended or the meaning that it means to me you, you know, I I, yeah. I don't I don't listen to the Black Keys if if I'm sad about my girlfriend. Uh, you know, I no, I listen to the Black Keys when I'm yeah. amped up and about to go play a show. You listen to the yeah, Smiths or you know, um, same thing. I'm, I'm not gonna listen to the Suds if actually the Suds are pretty good ever, but. But but like except I mean <laughs> yeah sounds pretty mean, good I mean, I mean like <laughs> another one we did it every episode I mean, now every episode besides like happens. I'm about to go out you know like like if I'm about to go out and like party with my friends like I, 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 that's not the type of music I'm gonna listen yeah, to you know if I'm chilling out on a beach or chilling grilling in my backyard yeah sure and I feel like that's another issue. Um, of people not interpreting um, music or, or not having a yeah. having a real emotional connection is like all right I'm just gonna trap out to you know Skrillex uh, 24 seven and like yeah. see where that takes me which I, I will say I mean that can invoke certain emotions too but it, it is uh, they're fleeting in some ways it's just kind of disappointing to to not see any like broader horizons for, yeah. for people. Well, hey, man, like, if I'm at a frat party people. and, like, I'm, you know, 20 beers in, yeah, f- feed me that Skrillex, baby. Like, I, I, like you know, yeah. I, I want to dance. I want some scary <laughs> monsters. You know, but, like, if I'm, like, driving to school, you know, or, like, you know, I want some trying scary to sleep. monsters. <laughs> scary Jeez. monsters. Yeah, All we right. should... Uh, Okay, before before we wrap up, I want to ask Matt, uh, what, are there any specific songs that you can think of right now, too? That, well, uh, you funny you should mention it. Um, I made a list. Oh, it's great. I love <laughs> um, the list thing. But that... before, before I go into that, and I feel like I, feel like I need to ask this specifically to Raleigh, yes. because he is the, he's the one of us three that is... Uh, for lack of a better word, an artist. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding, Raleigh. You are an artist. (laughs) To my knowledge, none of your stuff that I've heard on Spotify, um, by the wayward strangers, is overtly political. I feel like that's a fair statement. Um, Now, what if you wrote a song that ended up accidentally being overtly well not overtly political but like you wrote a song Someone and interpreted it, like and it was released at this right time that it caught on to this thing that was happening in the world but you're like uh that was a stroke of luck what do you think about like accountability on the artist well, side of it I, 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 I personally think that you should you know of course there's going to be interviews and things like that and i I, i've seen videos where maybe it's not a political 
uh, statement, but you know, uh, majority of people think you know a, a s- songs about you know this guy's mom or whatever, and it turns out you know it's a you know it's a, mm-hmm. about his his ex wife, and um, I feel like it won't really change all that much. So I I I, I feel like it is the responsibility of the the artist to be honest um because at that point the song is already so popular that it's i i i would think that it's not probably just going to do a cliff jump and you know just the 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 somewhat dive off the chart or something you know well i'm interested for you though how far would you go to to, i mean along with matt's uh matt's thing say a song goes would you go to the end of the world to say, hey, no, that's not what we meant. We meant this. But if you were getting popular because of that and suddenly, hey, you're making bank, uh, how willing are you going to be to say, hey, you guys are all wrong. That's not what the song's about. You're all stupid. Let us tell you what this well, song is supposed to mean. Would you kind of go along with it? Or would from you, a, where uh, do you draw the line there? Raleigh, I'm sorry to be an but I feel like Brian Spaggs is trying to lead no, you down no, no, the no, path. No, 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 no. Um, from, a, from a marketing perspective, I, I'm ready to think about this. It, it, super simple, right? Um, I wouldn't encourage a, anyone, or I wouldn't myself, put it on like social media that much, and you know, put like what they do in uh, the notes. You know, write a whole long thing and take pictures of notes and put up. I, 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 I wouldn't do anything like that. But like I said, um, you know, if you got interviewed or something like that and it, and it, and it came up through there, which I assume it would, if that is your most popular song, um, you know, you'd be like, Hey, Hey, it's actually not about that. And then from a marketing uh, perspective that, that that might be good. That might land you more, um, more time with other um with other people yeah with the yeah to talk about your music and and be like oh so like it's crazy now you wrote this song and like so many people think that that it's about this but it's really about that like that's a whole nother like news story and 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 segment and now your band is famous and it's that band that you know wrote that song that we all thought was this and it was about that i i don't think there's going to be too much negativity about it as long as you come out at some point and say it yeah well here's the thing too it's one of the artists that i i thought of very quickly when matt was mentioning this type of idea Mm. Uh, I don't know if you know Merle Haggard. Uh, yep. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he recently he, died in 2017. Right? Yeah, oh, he's really? one of the fucking greatest yeah. country artists of all time. Um, yeah. So one of his songs, though, "Oki from Muskogee." I don't know if you know yep. the song. Very. Uh, it's a political song, but the origins of it went. It wasn't. He said in interviews multiple times that he didn't intend on it being a political song. Uh, but it's used like that, and also the the lyrics of it kind of invoke a pretty political meaning, regardless of what he really wanted. 
Uh, and his songs actually, um, uh, Richard Nixon had a, I think it was like a dinner party or something, and invited Merle Haggard to sing this song specifically to really cater to the Southern vote a lot more as well, too. And it's just interesting the way he will often claim that he didn't intend on, on being this political figure because of the song, but because of, A, both the nature of the lyrics and the time it was released, it gets latched onto these ideas, and suddenly he's becoming popular in a large part because of this song. And he kind of just goes along with it. And he, what's interesting though too is with the song Okie from Muskogee, uh, it's a very conservative song and, and you see later uh, in, in I think the mid-90s he starts to release more progressively and progressive and liberal type of music as well too. Liberal themes were, were kind of invading his music. Uh, so it's interesting to see how he kind of was uh, almost reserved in putting himself down he kind of let people do what they wanted with his song and, and went along with it but yeah. it wasn't until later in his life that he felt comfortable and he was like all right this isn't real things that i actually think about stuff and you know uh to see his progression is just one example of, of this weird yeah dichotomy between where do you draw the line in saying hey you are using me for the wrong political message uh, yeah, and, and I have uh, another example, very very modern example, a uh, little band uh, called the 1975. Um, yeah. They have really come out and and made this claim, and it's a kind of an alternate here of they don't really have any songs that claim that uh, they support. Uh, gay rights and you know gay marriage and everything like that but um at every show uh they uh they play a song uh loving somebody uh i'm just called yeah should be loving yeah. someone right and um they have uh the the gay pride uh lights and like there's super you know crazy uh light show and and it's and it's 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 all with the rainbow colors and it's supposed to symbolize that they support um you know the right to marry who you want and um that is kind of i believe how i would i think that's how the future is going to be where um since we live in such uh you know a fast-paced world you can't really say well i outright support you know gay marriage or or whatever it is but you can show it through your actions well, there's a and lot of times where people will often say they like a song purely because it's a good song and not for the political message behind it too and i think uh yeah they kind of balance that with a song like loving someone I would argue. I, I think loving someone is pretty. It's pretty gay. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In a very good way. It's pretty gay. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I'd have to. I'm yeah, not familiar actually. with the 1975 being asked this, but like, I feel like they're taking it 
the correct way whereas like hey we didn't write this to mean that but we but don't if that have wants a, to be your anthem but we don't oh. have a problem with it and yeah we, we and, and we support cut you. you off for once matt and brian okay. as well because i would very 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 strongly argue that loving someone is very very i i feel like it's pretty direct in uh, I mean, I think it means lyrically. L- loving everyone. I I, I think I, I that's don't what it I'm, meant. Little... I'm going to read you part of the lyrics of this song. All right, all right. Uh, but see, I do want right. to say this. I do want to say this before you get there. There are plenty of love songs that do not specify gender. Okay, and this and one a lot of them of... could be mis. Oh, it does. All right, fine, <laughs> fine. Because uh, I don't know. I, right. I'm. You know what? I'll be honest with you. Not familiar with the 1975 music. All right, I'm just gonna read through just the the first opening uh, or the the second verse in the song. Uh, holding up the status quo instead of showing your kids that they matter. Who you're going to buy buy up next? Keep hold of their necks and keep selling them sex. It's better if we keep them perplexed. It's better if we make them want the opposite sex. Okay, yeah, no, that's gay. All right, minds, yeah. All and right. you camp out beside where your man resides. You're not slow. It's just never been shown. All right. Okay, okay, sure okay, 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 okay. How did they not write that for gay rights? <laughs> no, like... Yeah, I, no. But I, I think uh, Brian's point kind of still stands where they, they take a political stance through their song. And I think a lot of people will listen to the song and not take away a direct political meaning because it's just a good song. You because it's, it's not say, it's not saying let the gays get together. It's yeah. not. Yeah. It's kind <laughs> of worded like it's very poetic the way the, the way it is worded. Uh, and I despite think being semi explicit. Yeah. yeah, it's poetic. But that's the American the education time. system not being <laughs> able to teach their kids how to comprehend how to words in general. And Which and, brings and, and, me back to a Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young song: <laughs> "Teach Your Children Well." <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, um, but okay. All right. I, now I, I, think I know we're, we're closing out to the end of the let, let's let, let's close this, but. Um, when when we had started this show tonight, we were supposed to talk about protest songs and hip hop. And usually, whenever we talk about a a style or genre or or just aspect of something, I tend to make a list. Um, the reason I suggested we not talk about hip hop explicitly this time did you time, not make the list for hip hop? <laughs> um, well, I didn't get a chance to. All right, I just kept writing protest songs. And um, I I started Usually I try and keep my list at 20 Um, When I finished the list I had I had 50 Wow So I'm not going to go through all 50 I've decided to cut that in half I'm starting at 25 going to 1 I'm not going to actually discuss songs Until 10 Roll uh, them off If I notice anything I'll I'll yell out some stuff as well We shall overcome (laughs) 25 is We Shall Overcome by Pete Seeger 24, Get Up, Stand Up by Bob Marley and the Wailers. Of course. 23, Vietnam by Jimmy Cliff, uh, a song that Bob Dylan called the greatest protest song of all time. Um, 22, I Feel Like I'm Fixing to Die Rag by Country Joe and the Fish. Uh, 21, 
Fuck the Police by NWA. That's a great one as well, too. 20. That's a, a perfect example. I just want to say about that one, it, it, of what I was saying earlier, of uh, of my respect for being angrier and more explicit in lyrics as well, too. But uh, continue your, your list, Matt. Number 20, War Pigs by Black Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Uh, 19, Radio Radio by Elvis Costello and the Attractions. 18, Rise Above by Black Flag. Cool. 17, A Change is Gonna Come by Sam Cooke. Yeah. 16, Fight the Power by Public Enemy. <laughs> uh, 15, The Revolution Will Not Be Televised by Gil Scott Heron. Very, very good song. 14, Sunday Bloody Sunday by U2. Oh, yeah. 13, Alternative Ulster by Stiff Little Fingers. And the correlation between 13 and 14 is actually pretty ironic. Um... <laughs> Uh, 12, and this is probably the first one you can say, is that a protest song? Um, the Way It Is by Bruce Hornsby and the Range. Um, most people nowadays rec- recognize it by the song by Tupac, uh, Changes. Uh, the song was about welfare inequality in the 80s before Tupac sampled it. Uh, number 11, uh, Mississippi Goddamn by Nina Simone. God damn Mississippi. Uh, number ten, the up. message, but the message by Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. Uh, number nine, Oh Bondage, Up Yours by the X Ray Specs. Uh, okay. Number eight is a tie. It is uh, Inner City, Ooh. Inner City Blues, and What's Going On, both by What's uh, Going On, both by Marvin mm. Gaye. Very, very uh, important song. I'll say what's going on is a, is a crucial song, too. It's an and important it's album. Like, it's a it, great it's, goddamn album. <laughs> oh what's amazing God. about what's going on, too, because the style of Marvin Gaye, he's always known for the, the love song genre and just that soft, uh, like, uh, emotional feelings. And to see him combine that type of emotional style and kind of manipulating the expectations of people listening to that song... Uh, it, I think you would expect it's going to be something about like a, a you know some type of love quarrel. Oh in yeah, his life. I mean, but the guy did love songs. The guy did breakup songs better than anybody <laughs> yeah. else. I mean, I heard it through the grapevine. And when did you stop loving me? When did I stop loving you? Perfect breakup songs. <laughs> like it's- <laughs> but it's amazing though how with what's going on, he finds a way to get involved in the political commentary. And I I believe it was on the Vietnam War as well, too. Uh, and really just the early 70s. I mean, what was going well, on? It was off uh, It was off of the album title, What's Going On? But it was his first album in total control. Like, he and Stevie Wonder kind of came of age at the same time. Um, and both of them sort of set, went to Barry Gordy and said, hey, we want control of our music and got it. Yeah, and so what's going on was like an O'Tour album. Get, yeah, um, generally, and and then you know Stevie Wonder did the same thing with, I think he did it with Inner Visions though, but um, both of them started looking at the black experience and yeah. Um, uh, number seven. Yeah, continue your list. Number number seven is a pretty obvious one. It's "Imagine" by John Lennon. Uh, 
Oh, um, yeah. That's an incredibly obvious one, and somehow it didn't cross my mind until you said it. <laughs> well, the thing is, um, you should see what's in my second 25, because there's a lot that, I, that should be on this list that's not. Um, <laughs> number six is Everyday People by Sly and the Family Stone. Mm-hmm. Um, number five is Nelson Mandela by The Specials. Um, yeah. A song that was so popular it played a part in South Africa actually freeing the man. Um, <laughs> number four is probably the one that we could level the most criticism at because it's not really about anything, but its application to political stuff is so easy it's ridiculous. Um, it's For What It's Worth by Buffalo Springfield. Yeah, no, that's uh, I won't argue about it. I, I think that is a, a very, very valid choice for um, as well too. Well, actually, I would say like you know, number five is about a person, and number four through one are probably like. Well, I'll go to three, which is Bob I'd Dylan. I'd say they're which, probably which, more like general commentary. General yeah, like what like, is going on in the like, world. Or like, like three is blowing in the wind by Bob Dylan, but mm-hmm. literally, he the, the man had like four or five albums in the '60s worth of political shit. So you could kind of interchange that with all that, be it yeah, Lonesome I, Death of Hattie Carroll. I'm Carol. surprised you include Bob Dylan because it's difficult to choose a song by like, Bob Dylan. And to be honest, it was really hard because um, I, I, the one thing I did sort of limit myself to was one song, one artist. Um, number two is uh, This Land is Your Land by Woody Guthrie. Mm. And number one is uh, the aforementioned Strange Fruit by Billie Holiday. Interesting. I would definitely, I mean, that obviously isn't what we were mentioning before with the explicit lyrics as well, too. But the two songs I mentioned earlier, Fortunate Son and American Idiot, are are two songs, especially with American Idiot, uh, for me, I feel like it's almost... Because it's a it's a, something I directly really went through, and I remember the controversy with American Idiot. Uh, mm-hmm. Unlike you know, I'm not around for obviously the Vietnam War, so I don't know exactly what that atmosphere is like. But I remember distinctly watching the news and seeing them talk about American Idiot and being like and critiquing it in a lot of ways. If you watch Fox News when that album released, you would be like you'd think they're they're the world was ending for them. Well, it's it's fucking weird like Fox News railed at that album, but on um their show Red Eye, um they they had Damian Abraham, the lead singer of a band called Up, um on as a guest and all that the host did I don't remember his name all the host did was basically just lavish praise on the man now this was this was this was a band who wrote a song called Son of the Father which is about how religion ain't all that cool um they wrote No Epiphany which is an ant which is an obligatory anti-religious song yeah and it, it, this is exactly what it comes back to uh, again where like the uh, is people that are more ignorant to the the greater meaning of art and songs and music and stuff like that and they just don't want to even i think acknowledge there is a different meaning than what they want it to be sometimes yeah i mean and the host introducing the man introducing damien abraham basically said yeah fucked up is like the beatles 
if the Beatles were any good. And I'm just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, But yeah, I I think uh, it's just an incredible, uh, just the relationship between music and and politics is an incredible history. And I I noticed you mentioned a lot of stuff from, from around the world, but even just centered in America, there's just so much, so many ways in which art uh, or which music and politics kind of coincide with each other. I mean, the, we can go on and on, but we'll, we'll need to wrap the show up. But I will say that there's just this odd fashion fascination with uh, I almost said fascist nation. Don't do, almost, yeah. <laughs> Thank God you corrected uh, yourself. Bet- Before the, I'm gonna stop you, Spagnoli, just because I do want to say these. This list actually, I I I counted it down because um, it was. It was I, I just counted it down just so I knew where 25 was. Um, I wrote out 50 songs. I did not rank them. I just started writing. And yeah. in, in, in my list, yeah, I don't have Fortunate Son. I don't have a lot of what many would call obvious... I don't have American Idiot yeah. on there. I don't have Brazil's Tropicalia movement, which is all political songs. I don't have most of the Weavers' career, which they were blacklisted because everyone thought they were communists. Thank you, <laughs> yeah, Joseph we, we, McCarthy. What a weird trend that was. Um, for a while. Yeah, yeah, and and you know I don't have uh, Nazi punks off. I don't have <laughs> you know I don't have plenty that I should. Uh, like I don't have California Uberales by the Dead Kennedys. I don't have any Clash songs. I don't have God Save the Queen. <laughs> yeah, no, by the th- Sex there's Pistols. just so much that uh, that can be included. I mean, the the, the list could go on. I could sit here and forever, rank this, you know? but it would take me six um, weeks, and I don't. We don't have that kind of time. Yeah, uh, I think. Uh, well, you sent me the list, and, and uh, I'll include it on uh, when we release the episode. It'll. Uh, be listed as the art for the episode on awesome. uh, my website, Um But all right, uh, we need to wrap this up. This is going to be our longest episode yet. I think uh, it'll probably be uh, 90 minutes or perhaps even a little bit longer. <laughs> Thank you, all listeners, for, for joining us. I have and, and, one more thing to uh, say real quick. Deal with all this. Go okay. ahead. Here is Go the ahead. fruit for the crows to pluck, for the rain to gather, for the wind to suck. For the sun to rot, for the trees to drop, here is a strange and bitter crop. Man. Now go to sleep. <laughs> Banana and out? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's the last uh, verse of Strange Fruit. Strange Fruit, yeah. Oh, just, man, we went out fucking dour notes. <laughs> it, it's so, uh, yeah, it's absurd. I don't know. Um... <laughs> yeah, we need to close that. Otherwise, I'm going to get into a whole other thing right now, too. Uh, for any listeners, make sure, uh, again, listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, and soon to come YouTube as well, too. Nice. Uh, definitely make sure to join the Facebook group. Uh, it's where we're most active. You can talk to us. Tell us things. Uh, let us know what you think we should talk about. And, uh, you know, we'll talk about it. <laughs> um it's usually a, a pretty good atmosphere too and we're starting to get more involvement from more and more people too so it's becoming a, a little bit of a fun community thank you uh, Jesse Douglas yeah shout out shout out to Jesse Douglas Moosley and, and um, 
uh, Che Masters. All people, yeah. I believe, from that were fans of the Platinum Achievement podcast as well, yep. too. And people that I think are involved in your other podcast. Uh, Bruce Lee is my well, co-host too. on NGR. Yep. He hosts a podcast Boom. called NGP, and it's a good time. <laughs> Pretty great. Uh, well, yeah, go, keep going, Matt. Go, give us some plugs. Go, tell people um, where you're at, where they you can, can find you. You can find me at infinite underscore rewind on Twitter and Instagram. Um, if you play the video games, I'm infinite underscore rewind on PS4. You can find me hosting uh, Nerds Gone Rogue Radio, NGR for short. Um, I also am a co-host on the Brew Review. I'm on kind of a little hiatus because I just went through a move. I'm reorganizing my space and unpacking all my shit. So uh, <laughs> I, when I was on NGR last, the one thing I did say is the one podcast you'd probably hear me on was this one because, um, to my knowledge, uh Spags and Raleigh were not going to record it unless I was involved. Um, <laughs> yeah, to my I knowledge, if I'm important for it. If if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I, but, well, come on, the name of the show is Matt and the B Flats. I wasn't going to find another Matt. <laughs> I mean, it's a Shut common up. name. It's one of the, it's one of the Catholic saints. You could probably find one. Shut up. Um, Trimmer. Yeah, yeah, him. Whoever that is, I don't know who that is, but um, but yeah. Uh, so you can find me on those. That's my Twitter and that's my Instagram. My Instagram is predominantly vinyl that I li- that I'm listening to or beer I am drinking, unless I'm at a touristy place where I will take pictures. Uh, Raleigh, uh, you can find where me. Can we, at, where can we find uh, you? B Rawls, B R A L L Z Z on Twitter at uh, the Brian Raleigh on Instagram and Brian Raleigh on Facebook. Uh, this is my only podcast, but you can check out. Uh, two bands I play in. One's called The Wayward Strangers, and one is called yes. uh, James Arlo. Um, and uh, double yes. Yeah. So um, <laughs> also check out the Suds and check out Vacations. Double and triple yes. All fun things. Yeah. Uh, for anyone looking to to find stuff about me, uh, you can always just go straight to the website. My, my website, BrianSpagnoli.com, has pretty much everything I ever make. But if you want to follow me on Twitter, Facebook, all, all those different places, my username everywhere is ZombieXSP. Uh, he writes yeah, about a hockey team named the Rangers. <laughs> yeah, I also write for BlueShirtsNation.com, doing pregame analysis and prospect analysis. If you're a Rangers fan or even a hockey fan in general, uh, definitely uh, check them out there too. They, we got some fun content. We we're pretty relaxed and have have fun with everything there too. Uh, again, make sure you, you you follow this show more than anything else though. iTunes, Google Play, all those fun places. But uh, until next week, Matt, do your thing. To quote Steven Tyler from a video game, "Music is the weapon." Banana and out. <laughs>